Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you're a 415er, 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. We are back. Yes, we are. The 415ers podcast, as always, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Download, rate, and subscribe. Five stars only. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you as always. Mark, my good man, what is going on? It's uh, not too much. Happy Friday, Evan. Getting ready for another weekend full of football. We've got uh, some big college football games. We've got a great weekend of uh, NFL football. I am looking forward to it. Should be one of the more exciting weekends of the year. No doubt. No doubt. Week seven and the Kansas City Chiefs are coming Mm. to Santa Clara. Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, four and two after a loss last week for the Chiefs. We're going to preview that game coming up in just a little bit against your three and three 49ers, of course, after their week six loss on the road to Atlanta. They come home. Hopefully get they get some home cooking and they will have some help perhaps with some um, attendees from yesteryears as on Sunday, it is going to be the 10 year anniversary of the 2011, then 12 team that made the conference championship in the first year under Jim Harbaugh. It is not official for the 49ers yet. They have not reported it, but it is at least expected that Jim Harbaugh will be in attendance on Sunday, along with a lot of players from that 2012 team that made the conference championship. Of course, they went to the Super Bowl in 2013, 2014, also a conference championship appearance. So a lot to love about that era of 49ers football that hopefully will have a lot of people in attendance on Sunday. First, I just got to start, Mark, like, I think it's pretty exciting to have that amount of, you know, history back in the building. Granted, of course, they played at Candlestick last time that Harbaugh was in the Bay, but to have them be back at Levi's Stadium against the Chiefs, a big game for the team and um, a great opportunity to celebrate one of the better parts in recent memory in 49ers history. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, my first thought is like it's hard to believe it's already been ten years. I mean, I remember that that season, that playoff run, like it was just a few years ago. I mean, it was Alex Smith that started the season. He goes down against the Rams back when they were in St. Louis. Colin Kaepernick comes in, it wasn't particularly effective in that first game, from what I remember. I think that actually the game actually ended in a tie. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know at least one game against the Rams did end in in a tie. The other one went into overtime as well and was nearly a tie again. Uh, But then, you know, Kaepernick kind of took the league by storm. The the rest of the league wasn't really ready for an elite running quarterback like Colin Kaepernick. And and he led the Niners all the way to the Super Bowl along with, you know, a really good defense. Um, And they fell just a little bit short, of course, but they won the NFC Championship. Kaepernick had a record-setting performance in that NF or in the NFL in the NFC divisional round that win against the uh, uh, the Green Bay Packers where he ran for you know 150 yards or whatever it was against the Packers so my first thought hard to believe that it's been 10 years also my second thought is I'm kind of surprised at the reporting uh, I think Tim Kawakami was the first to report it of the athletics saying that Jim Harbaugh is gonna be there uh, because you know this didn't end well between Harbaugh and the 49ers, Jed York and Trent Baalke, the GM at the time. It did not end well. It was not pretty. The two sides clearly didn't like each other very much. Maybe time is, you know, the only thing that could kind of fix that relationship. But a little surprised to me that that uh, he was willing to come back for, for something like this, considering the way things ended. So we'll see how it goes on Sunday. Well, I do feel like with Michigan so happening to have a bye week this week and you know, the 49ers planning this obviously months, if not years in advance. Um, I have to imagine that Harbaugh and York, at least for this weekend, are being good sports and at least temporarily burying the hatchet because it does take a lot of planning on both sides, Harbaugh, as well as the 49ers to essentially accommodate him to try and get him here, right? Well, the the only reason, let's be real, the only reason Harbaugh is coming is so he can say hi to Ambry Thomas, right? His former cornerback. <laughs> like, that's the only reason. Yeah, I mean, that's the best theory, honestly, that I've heard thus far, Um, because you're right. No, things did not end exactly amicably after Jim Harbaugh's fourth season. Uh, But what he accomplished here is nothing short of spectacular, especially I I know we talked a lot uh, in our last episode about how expectations sort of dictate the way that you look at a season. Well, Jim Harbaugh's first season and then into the year where they made the run to the Super Bowl, um, not a lot of people expected the 49ers, especially in that first year, to be very good coming off of a 6-10 and 10 season under Michael Sing- Mike Singletary. So, you know, Jim Harbaugh, for all of his flaws, uh, is a large part of, of a successful period in 49ers football that yourself, I know a lot of my friends that are from the Bay Area, all of us sort of look very fondly on those four years, despite what may have happened behind the scenes. So I think it's going to be really cool. And even though they did come up a little bit short in the Super Bowl to the Baltimore Ravens, um, I mean, to have hopefully the amount of players that along with Harbaugh reported to be there uh, is going to be very cool for the fans. And I'm hoping that a lot of fans that also um, you know, were in attendance for a lot of those games at Candlestick are able to make it out to Levi Stadium. Yeah, I mean, it should be fun. I mean, that era of 49er football just filled with so many great people. I mean, Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman throughout their entire career, you could argue the best linebacking core uh, across football. I mean, the Cowboy Justin Smith was a fan favorite. You had 
Uh, some hard hit hard hitters in the defensive secondary. Frank Gore. I mean, he's one of the most beloved 49ers of all time. Maybe, you know, besides, you know, some of the players, you know, that won all those rings in the 80s and 90s, perhaps Frank Gore, the, you know, the most loved 49er, you could probably make that case. Uh, so it should be a, a great, a great afternoon for fans uh, to celebrate that 2012 team in that era, 2011, 2012, 2013, where they went to three straight NFC championship games. Um, I think also that era, and I know we'll kind of compare and contrast that team to to this 49er team or maybe some more recent 49er teams, but I think that era of 49er football, maybe it was a little, a little easier to, you know, be so in love with. I don't know. They 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 gave you more reason to get fired up. You know, like their head coach was the one that was screaming, you know, who's got it better than us in every, you know, post-game locker room. You know, if if Twitter was as big of a deal back then as <laughs> it is now, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how everyone would have reacted, but I think it would have been generally very positive. Uh, you know, there's the, the famous video of him, what, smacking the shoulder pads of Alex Smith and then, you know, slapping the helmet, really getting his quarterback amped up. Maybe that doesn't do anything for... Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever the case is. But my, my point is, I feel like the way that that 49er team carried themselves and, and, you know, there was reports that a lot of the players, you know, kind of got tired of Jim Harbaugh's act, if you want to call it that, after a while. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say it, it works better in college than in the NFL because these are grown men, you know, with family. And you don't need to, you know, go through all of that, you know, extra energy to, to get these guys fired up. But I think from an outside perspective, from a fan's perspective with a head coach like that, that's so kind of over the top, I think it becomes a little bit easier to get so incredibly amped up for games. And you look back on that era, despite the way it ended pretty ugly. Uh, you look back on that era, I think a little more fondly um, just because you remember all those moments where you were just so giddy because your head coach was so clearly into it. I mean, you think back early, I think it was the first year when, when after beating the lions on the road, the two teams early in the year were undefeated and they were kind of both the surprises in the NFL. And he slaps Jeff Schwartz, you know, on the hand and gives him a hard pat on the back and Jeff Schwartz quickly turns. And I was like, what are you doing? And that was one of the great moments in, in the Harbaugh era as well. So you have so many of those moments, which I think make it maybe uh, easier to, uh, I don't know, to look back fondly on, on that era of 49er football. So long story short, should be fun to kind of bring up those memories again on Sunday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, no doubt. And and I think it's it's appropriate that they are coming back. Obviously 10 years, you know, the anniversary, but specifically for now this era of 49er football under Kyle Shanahan and along with John Lynch, Jed York. Um because in, in a weird way the you you, t- you touched on something I thought was interesting about how it's the Harbaugh era was a very easily identifiable 
you know, kind of identity that the 49ers had. And it started from their head coach and went yeah. on down. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the the word that jumps out to me first and foremost is culture. Like 49ers culture was identifiable. It was easy to understand. And it was easy, most importantly, for fans to get on board with because there was winning, there was excitement, there was entertainment, um, and there was just not a lot except until the end to really frown upon, except for maybe you know falling a little bit short in the playoffs. But now with the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan, they do have a lot of similarities. Now, not as head coaches, and this is kind of where I want to go next because Jim Harbaugh, to me, is the ultimate culture guy. He's the ultimate you know, leader of a football team when it comes to head coaches, whereas Kyle Shanahan is certainly not that exuberant and um, outgoing as a guy like Jim Harbaugh. He does not wear it on his sleeves, and he also is more of a, a technician when it comes to coaching. Their two styles are very different, but their teams right now feel kind of similar. I know the players are different, their characteristics are different, but Kyle Shanahan, like Jim Harbaugh, loves to loves to run the ball, loves to play smash mouth football. The identities of both teams lie primarily on the defensive side of the ball. And so I'm curious, Mark, and and I'd love to have people chime in and, and tweet at us. I'm at E Giddings 10. Mark is at Mark Grandy, Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. You know, just where you feel that these two sides connect and maybe also disconnect. Because to me, there's a lot more similarities between the teams, even if the head coaches don't necessarily meet most fans, I would say, in the same kind of category. I I also think maybe there's uh, a bit of a line we can draw. You mentioned the culture. I, I, I think there are. I'm not saying that this is the point you were making, but I think, you know, when we think of the Niners under Harbaugh and the Niners under Shanahan, the big difference, and this is what we've been talking about, is the way that the head coaches, you know, go about their business. You know, Harbaugh, is, as you mentioned, you know, he wears his emotions on his sleeve and, and you know, outward outwardly to, to anyone, not just his, his players in the locker room, but to the media, to anyone. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is much more reserved. But I, I think we probably need to be a little bit careful i mean i i think the niners culture now uh you could probably argue is is better than the harbaugh era culture it, it's just different it, it's a different way of going about it i mean when was the last time we heard i don't know a, a nasty story from inside the niners locker room i mean i i don't i can't think of one in a while. And I, I think you have to credit Kyle Shanahan for that. Now that there have been some missteps um, in the past under Kyle Shanahan, but I, I think in general, uh, the culture has been really, really good. And, and he deserves credit for that. Uh, it, it was a really fun atmosphere under Jim Harbaugh, but there were also reports. And this is part of the reason why Jed York and, and, and Trent Balky and everyone decided that it was time to part ways because Jim Harbaugh, after a while tends to kind of rub people the wrong way. He's, he's a really big personality. He, he can kind of get on your nerves. And I'm sure there was some of that within the 49er locker room, especially from, you know, some of the veteran players who had been around the block for a while, who are 10 year veterans who are, are kind of not in the need of, of that kind of energy from their head coach. So I think there's a line there and, and I think it's important to differentiate, but I agree on the field, these teams 
you know, that era and this era very similar. They're going to rely on the run game to set up the pass game more often than not. And their defense is the star of the show. Uh, we talk a lot about Patrick Willis and, and Navarro Bowman. Uh, Fred Warner has has been there for this entire, you know, successful era of 49ers football. Uh, he's been the leader of the defense alongside Nick Bosa for the last three years. Of course, Fred Warner was here before Nick Bosa was, but uh, he, he's been phenomenal. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between these two teams. And, you know, I think you go even further on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, what was maybe the weakness of each team's defense? Probably the secondary. And that's that. That's the case for the Harbaugh era. Not to say that they were poor defensively in the secondary, but uh, the strength, probably the front seven on both on both rosters. So I think there's a lot of similarities there on the field, considering, um, you know, how different they are elsewhere. It, it kind of makes for an interesting comparison.